All right. Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Thursday, February 16th, 2023. And uh, I'm recording here from home because I got kicked out of my office um, at church. Um, there was a smell. And so the, the kids were over at church and I had to leave the school building, which is where my study is. So I ran here at home so that we could broadcast live on time. All right. So hopefully we'll find out what's going on there at some point. All right. It's just, just another day in the life of <laughs> the congregation. All right. Uh, today we're going to look at Exodus 11 for our catechesis, and that is the announcement of the death of the firstborn. We, we're going to split this up over a few days, uh, because I think there's details and we don't want to lose too much in the midst of that. All right. So, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Okay, memory verse together. Those who gladly received his word were baptized, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Acts 2, verse 41a and 42. Our psalm this week is Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in this congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay, and our catechism for this week. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine, instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The Holy Evangelist Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Okay. 
Let's see. Some of you are watching live this morning. We've got uh, Vicky on YouTube. Karen's on Facebook. Chris is on Facebook. Michael's on YouTube. Don and Karen are on Facebook. Gus and Eileen are on YouTube. And Jetta's on YouTube. Good to have you all here with us today. And of course, greetings to those watching or listening later in the day. Greetings to you as well. All right. Our reading is from John chapter 10, our first reading. Again, still in uh, Jerusalem for the second Passover of John's gospel. And uh, in particular, the um, the blind man has been healed and now Jesus is catechizing um, those in the temple that remain. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not a shep- the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and, my, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep." We talked about yesterday how this image of um, God as the shepherd of his sheep, and namely um, God's own son, Jesus, as the good shepherd, right? And that we are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture, that he cares for. Uh, it's profoundly uh, illustrated, of course, in the, in the Old Testament. We'll see Moses, in particular, uh, uh, with the Exodus next week, leading Christ's own people out of... Um, the valley of the shadow of death, that's Egypt, into the land of peace, which will be Canaan, all right, eventually. <laughs> Actually, Moses won't even get them into Canaan because they refuse to go in. Stubborn sheep that they are. All right. We also note here the enemy, that there's an enemy at hand, a wolf or a thief, well, enemies, I should say, the hireling, the wolf, and the thief, that um, all are different uh, pictures of the way that the faith in Christ and our willingness to listen um, to his word and to follow him um, is attacked, right? To steal, to kill, and destroy, um, to, to scatter the sheep, and um, to show no care for the sheep. And so, beautiful illustration, one that you'll find in many paintings, and of course in our congregation, in the stained glass window, um, which is at stage right, or for your, from your perspective in the congregation on the left of the altar, you'll see Christ with his sheep. All right, and then our reading for catechesis is from Exodus 11, just 1 through 10 today. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill. 
and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be great, a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, and nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue, against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does not make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you. And, and that, after that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. All right, so some questions, answers. Uh, what had the Lord told Moses there in verse 1? All right, we have one more plague, you know, there's 10, um, on the people of Egypt, and then Pharaoh Pharaoh would let them go. As a matter of fact, he will drive them out. All right, and what were the people instructed to do? Interesting, right? This goes all the way back to chapter 3, right? Um Ask for articles of silver and gold from the Egyptians. All right, so that was Exodus 3, verses 21 and 22, right, at the burning bush, where God had told Moses that the people would receive um, articles of gold and silver from the Egyptians. So not only will they leave as a great nation, right, uh, but they'll be actually great in many ways, not just a great number of people with flocks and herds, um, but also with, with gold. This is not the first time we've seen this. We saw this with Abraham, right? Um, and also with Isaac. Yeah. Of course, why did the Egyptians do this? Okay, there might be an earthly explanation. You can do this with all of the, say, the, the plagues too. Oh, well, there might be some physical, earthly reason for this. But ultimately, what the narrative is trying to demonstrate is this is according to the word of the Lord, right? It's God who causes these things to happen. Yeah. Uh, when would the Lord go through Egypt? In the midst at midnight, at midnight. Um, and who would die? Um, we have every firstborn son of Egypt would die. All right. And, and the reason for this, of course, is that uh, they had attacked um, Israel's children, or sons. Okay, that's, that's one reason. Another reason is the attack on the promise to Abraham that by his offspring all the nations of the earth would be blessed. All right, that's an attack on Jesus then. Um, you might also think of Exodus 4, again, burning right after the burning bush incident, or at the burning bush, I should say. Um, listen to what he has to say there. Um, and the Lord said to Moses, When you go back to Egypt, this is chapter 4, verse 21, When you go back to Egypt, see that you do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart, so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed I will kill your son, your firstborn. All right. Pretty incredible, right? So Israel is my son. So the whole nation of Israel is called the Son of God, right? And you see that echoed in the prophets, like Isaiah. Uh, firstborn, of course, that language, um, you might think of, uh, well, again, Jesus, ultimately, right? And I will kill your firstborn. Um, the psalm talks about this, too, right? 
um, the firstborn of Egypt, both man and beast being killed, like Psalm uh, 135, 136, um, and I think Psalm 105. Yeah. All right. So um, you attack God's firstborn, then your firstborn loses its life, right? God puts back on your head um, your attacks on him or his people. That's one of the lessons to be learned here, right? He gives according um, to those who want God's justice, he gives um, justly. And the problem is that we actually don't want God's justice upon us. Um, of course, what would happen among the Israelites? Interesting here expression. The children of Israel shall it, no against none of the children of Israel shall the dog move its tongue. Right? No dog would bark. It would remain peaceful and quiet among the Israelites. Right? We imagine the dogs um, howling at the with the howling of um, the mothers and fathers of Egypt. Right? In contrast. And then, what does Moses say would happen? Um, then all of, yeah, all of the people, Pharaoh and his, um, officials would come down and bow for him, bow down to him and beg him to let the people or to make the people leave, to send the people away. Interesting, right? Um, but what was Pharaoh's response? Again, Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not let the people go according to God's word, right? It's God's word that hardens his heart, right? Okay. So let's summarize it. The fulfillment of all God's signs and wonders is to be seen in the death of the firstborn because only in the death of the firstborn son would all God's signs and wonders be multiplied for the entire world. The firstborn son sent from the father would offer up his own life to keep the angel of death away from those who believe in his name. The firstborn sons of men will surely inherit only death, but to those who have become firstborn sons of God through holy baptism, there will be life. Just as God caused the Egyptians freely to bestow gifts upon Israel, so he freely bestows the gift of life upon all to whom he is favorably disposed for the sake of Christ. All right, so not too much to cover today. We covered all those plagues yesterday. Probably not the best division, but there you go. All right, our hymn for this week uh, is a lovely Lutheran chorale, Now Thank We All Are God, which we sing. Joyful home. 
said peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all else in this world and the next. Oh, praise and thanks to God, the Father now be given. Oh, Son, and Him who reigns with commemoration today let me check I don't have all my fancy tools all set up here so just give me a moment yes today is the commemoration of Philip Melanchthon right the commemoration of his birth Philip Melanchthon 1497 to 1560 was a brilliant student of the classics and a humanist scholar in 1518 he was appointed to teach along with Martin Luther at the University of Wittenberg at Luther's urging, Melanchthon began teaching theology and scripture in addition to his courses in classical studies. In April 1530, Emperor Charles V called an official meeting between the representatives of Lutheranism and Roman Catholicism, hoping to effect a meeting of minds between two opposing groups. Since Luther was at that time under papal excommunication and an imperial ban, Melanchthon was assigned the duty of being the chief Lutheran representative at this meeting. He is especially remembered and honored as the author of the Augsburg Confession, which was officially presented by the German princes to the emperor on June 25, 1530, as the defining document of Lutheranism within Christendom. Melanchthon died on April 19, 1560, so 30 years later. We pray. Almighty God, we praise you for the service of Philip Melanchthon to the one holy Catholic and apostolic church in the renewal of its life and fidelity to your word and promise. Raise up in these gray and latter days faithful teachers and pastors inspired by your spirit whose voices will give strength to your church and proclaim the ongoing reality of your kingdom. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We pray, O God, the strength of all who trust in you, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I come to the altar at your invitation to receive the holy body and precious blood of my Savior, Jesus Christ. I confess to you all my sins. I am heartily sorry for them. For Jesus' sake, I forgive my enemies, and all who have sinned against me. I believe that you give me the forgiveness of sins and the gift of new life and salvation through the body and blood of my Savior. 
Through the Lord's Supper, strengthen my faith in Christ, increase my love for others, grant me faithfulness in my vocation, and give me the joyous hope and confidence of eternal life and salvation in Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray this day in Thanksgiving with Ron and Ron, both Rons, who celebrate their baptism. We pray for Ron and Janet, my family, Norm and Sandy, Rolf and Linda, Shannon and Sam, we pray for, um, or I should say in Thanksgiving, for the acceptance of the divine call by Karen. We pray for our catechumens. We pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Walt, Christopher, Dan, Brad, and Betty, Joan, John, Cheryl, Pat, Merlin, Heidi, and Dick, our homebound Paul, Pauline, the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of our county, the Sheboygan Lutheran High School. We pray in intercession for our enemies and persecutors, and we pray for those who grieve, especially the family and friends of Ed. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. Eh, not too long today. Eh, it was quite long yesterday, so <laughs> we'll make up for that. Uh, let's see. Oh, Lori and Antonio joined us later on. Lori on Facebook, Antonio on YouTube. Good to have you all here with us today as we pray together. I'm sorry for my messy office. This is one of those projects that uh, just keeps getting put off. Um, I needed somebody else to help me with it. And uh, <laughs> uh, those who I was willing to pay were not able to do the work. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We'll get to it someday. Um, normally, I record from the office. You're welcome, Don. On uh, Wait a minute. Don jumped over onto YouTube. Look at that. All right. And let's see, anything else? Yeah, you can watch last evening's service. Um, I'll break out the sermon as a podcast or as a separate video so you can catch that on the nature of the law and Christ's fulfillment of the law for us which of course uh, we need to hear because we often think that the law is something doable and because it isn't, then we try to change the law and make it doable, um, which is doing violence and, viol and violating God's word. All right. So, and actually diminishing its, its purpose, right? Which is to accuse us of sin so that we return to Christ in faith. All right. So you can go check that out as well and uh, be with you tomorrow and Saturday morning as well. And then Sunday with divine service at 930. And remember, um, the funeral for Ed will be Sunday afternoon at 1.30, and it's not at church. I, I misspoke earlier in the week. I misunderstood. Uh, the funeral is at Sushan in Plymouth. 
All right. So Sushan at Plymouth after church, 1.30 visitation. Um, so, you know, come to Bible study and then, and then, you know, go grab a bite to eat and stop by the visitation and stay for the funeral. All right. That'd be a good plan. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> all right. So God be with you all. Keep you safe. And we'll see you again tomorrow. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.